Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Use me, Lord, use me, Lord. Welcome back to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. And we do want these podcasts to be a blessing to you guys. So we always encourage you guys, which we'll kind of give you, like we normally do, our email addresses at the end. And just encourage you guys to reach out to us. Uh, We want to answer the questions that you have. We kind of, through just being out there and ministering to people and ministering and trying to help encourage the missionaries that are uh, raising up teams across the the country, um, subjects pop up and we try to cover subjects that kind of come across our radar um, and this subject is no different that we're going to cover today. But also, if there are things that you're struggling with, the questions that you have that have to do with Sidewalk Outreach Ministry, we would love to uh, tackle those questions. So we'll give our email addresses at the end, and you can reach out and let us know what questions you have. Maybe you have an encouragement. Maybe you have a story that, um, based on one of these podcast episodes, God used some of the things that we are teaching in this podcast and some of the encouragement that we give to encourage you and uh, help you take your ministry to the next level or whatever. Maybe you've got a story. I know, I think I've shared a couple of times we did the podcast about ambulances and what to do when they show up at the abortion center. And we get, I got like two different emails of people saying that podcast was a tremendous blessing because they just had that experience the day. I think one of one person said they just listened to the podcast and it happened the very next day. So anyway, we, we try to cover subjects that we that have been, subjects we've dealt with and uh, we hope that they're a blessing to you but if you've got other uh, subjects you want us to cover suggestions we'd love to hear those so what's our subject today vicky so today we're talking about uh, teams team leaders and even how do you develop teams how do you keep teams what are the things you do with a team once you have them yeah and while this is specific for us to teams on a sidewalk in front of an abortion center. I really think the principles are true, really, for any team in any kind of ministry. Yeah. 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 One of the things that I mentioned to you before we um, started recording this podcast Mm -hmm. is this dynamic, like we're going to cover some practical stuff about building teams and what to look for in leads for your teams and things like that. But you've also got to have vision yourself, and, and I'm speaking specifically to people who are maybe not part of Love Life because we help cast vision for this, for building a team. Um, and hopefully if you're part of Love Life, you have a, you have vision for that, for it not being just you and just your family serving out there, um, but it be a whole team. For those who are not part of Love Life, I want to encourage you and just you know, help cast some vision for you as far as building teams because I know – there could be this mentality of like, well, me and my family, you know, this is kind of like the remnant, right? And we're, we're the only ones doing this yeah. ministry. And, uh, you know, I don't know if anybody else wants to even come along and help us. And we can almost have kind of a sour mentality like nobody else. We can have like an Elijah mentality, like I'm the only one and we're the only family in our city that's doing this stuff. And I, I get that. I get, I mean, listen, I was out a long time at the Latrobe Abortion Center where there's very few people out there and they're killing a lot of babies and it was very heavy. 
And I know how we can kind of get in the Elijah mentality, like I'm the only one. But I'm telling you, there are people in your city that are praying and asking God how they can get involved in uh, bringing the gospel to people who need the gospel and standing against the murder of children in the womb. There are people that God you know, is working on their hearts, and all they need to hear is a call to action in a way that they can get right. plugged in, and you can start to build a team. But if you don't have vision for it, and if you want to keep it as us four and no more, well, that's between you and the Lord. But I'm telling you, God wants to raise up a team, and God doesn't want it just to be you out there, but God wants you to uh, build a team. And to let yeah. him through you train people. And listen, that's one of the things, one of the blessings, I think, that comes from being connected to an organization like Love Life and some other organizations out there is that you have like a training model. But as you're out there, you, you guys, you can put together training yourself. You can train people. And, you know, that's part of building a team is training people and, and helping them feel equipped to be out there. And also identifying people who can be leaders because you can't just have a team that's out there with no leadership. And, you know, the reality is not all of us can be out there every day. So, I mean, we've got even in Love Life, we've got homeschool moms that are building teams and they're leveraging connections that they have. And they're identifying people that can be leaders and training those people or bringing those people through our training to help get them trained up to actually lead so that they don't have to do all the leadership and all the leading of each team. And so anyway, that's a little bit of encouragement for you and just to help you that are listening to get some vision for building teams and it not being just you, but it being a whole army of people. Cause God, God has people in your city. Like he told Elijah, right? It's not just you, but I got 7,000 others. God's got people in your city who um, who he's calling to ministry and all they have to do is hear the call and see that there's a pathway for them to get plugged in and get to be a part of a team and, and their feet will be on that sidewalk and they'll be a blessing to you if you have vision for building a team. Right. And it's, it's obviously biblical. Jesus didn't send us out one by one. Yeah. You know, he could have covered a lot more ground that way. Yeah, right? I but, guess so. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we were sent out in minimum uh, two by twos. Yeah. Uh, and, and as I was thinking through this this whole subject, I was trying to think of how could I summarize the major value of of what a team provides for each other. And I, I I thought of these four main things, and there's probably many more, but these were the main things: teams encourage and uplift each other, yeah. you know, so that you don't feel all alone, like like in your analogy, Elijah yeah. did. They their skills complement each other. And probably one of the most famous passages talking about that is is talking about the body of believers as a body and how we need to work together because we all have different parts and different skills. Yeah. So we complement each other. Um, we protect each other. You know, we always have two as a minimum because there's one to run for help um, or yeah. to call for help um, or to be a witness. So we, we protect each other. And then the final one um, is that we correct and refine each other. Yeah, you know when when you're when you're a lone ranger, when you're an island, you can get um, you can get pretty thick into your own sin or flaws and no, not recognize them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but as soon as you have another person there alongside you, 
they'll point it out. Yeah, probably. Yeah. People are pretty quick to point out flaws in others. So yeah. Um, so it, it helps you to grow. It helps to correct and make you better and and refine each other. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So um so we um we have to have teams in Charlotte and we need a lot of teams yeah. because there's three different active abortion centers right now and yeah. uh busy abortion centers. And and so we are always working on building teams and bringing in especially since Love Life came along really utilizing the church yeah. to to bring in more more team members and this podcast really has evolved out of some of the struggles that we face and we still face yeah, you know yeah. team team members come and go so teams can be big one day and then you lose uh some of them yeah and and they're small the, ne- the next day so um so you know i think one of the biggest causes of team members that you have leaving is when a team member feels underutilized yeah. or yeah. not not important, not valuable, not needed. And Paul, of course, addresses that yeah. um, so well, again, in, in that analogy of the body. And that was um, the main verse, or ver- it's actually a set of verses in 1 Corinthians 12 that I had written down, helping me to think about what a team does and how a team works and how a team can best be, I don't know, put together. Yeah. So um, we, we're probably all familiar, uh, most of us probably, with those verses. Yeah. But um, do you want you want me to, to go through some of that? Yeah, yeah, if you want to, that'd be great. So, so this is, again, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, and it's verses 12 and then 14 to 27 is the whole passage I wrote down. But just right. stop me at any point when you feel like, okay, that, that's enough. It's a long yeah, I mean, passage. I think really, you know, people get the point from this. So I think just a couple of verses out of that. But basically, it's like the body of Christ working together. So I'll let you fire away and I'll, I'll stop you if it's okay. a little, little um, For even as the body is one and yet has many members, all the members of the body, though they, they are many, are one body. And so also is Christ. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? And then the last verse I think I'll read, but now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired, if they if they were all one member, where would the body be? Yeah, and I I actually have faced that uh, directly the, this week on um, on the sidewalk because there's a favorite spot on the sidewalk because it's where the action happens. Yeah, and and I have noticed especially with new members, God bless them. There's nothing malicious in what they're doing, but they gravitate towards that busy, action-packed spot. Yeah. Meanwhile, the rest of the sidewalk, and there are critical roles that we need to happen along that whole sidewalk, which we're going to go into a little bit. Yeah. They were being neglected. And I have um, 
issues with my vocal cords so that it's it's really hard for me to call out for any length of time. I, I lose my voice. And I was actually training someone when this particular incident happened. So I, I wasn't even really supposed to be calling out, but I had kind of been deserted <laughs> by the rest of the team to, um, to where there was a lot of action going on. There were some um, significant things happening down at that you know, really busy part of the sidewalk. And I was seeing moms, no one else was seeing. And I was, of course, calling out to those moms and and my voice was getting more and more ragged. Um, So I think that's a very, um, a really good example of exactly what we're talking about. All, All of our team wanted to be that really valuable, obviously valuable part of the body where the action was taking place. Meanwhile, a, a whole section of the sidewalk was um, was not being covered, and there was one very weak-voiced person trying to do what I really could not do very well. Yeah. Um, so the the whole team is necessary, and um, and it's very important that the whole team think of themselves almost as um, an army, like you said. Yeah. And in an army. Um, not everyone is a foot soldier, right? Not everyone, everyone has a specific role, a specific weapon even. And, um, and when you desert your post, there's a section of the battle that's left uncovered. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good analogy. And it's a good reason again, why we need teams and we need to, you know, help develop people into certain roles in teams. And so I don't know if this is the appropriate time to, um, to mention this, so I'll mention it and you cut me off if, if it's too early in kind of the flow of things in the article that you've written here. Okay. But one of the things I encourage our missionaries to do that are trying to build sidewalk teams is basically you don't really know because it's, it's good to know how many people you need for a team, right? That's a good start. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So you don't really know how many people you need until you know where you need people, right? So if you're looking at the sidewalk, for example— in like at Latrobe uh, in Charlotte, we've got what we've identified as priority positions. Like if I only had one person, where would I put that person? That would be my priority mm-hmm. position. That'd be priority position number one. If I only had one person, where would I put them? And to me, it would be at the driveway handing out literature because at that spot, you can actually call out and hand out literature. Now we go out two by two. So it's very rare that there's just one person out there by themselves. So where is my next priority position number two? That would be on that sidewalk strip calling out as people are pulling into the parking lot, the sidewalk strip directly in front of the abortion center. That'd be priority position number two. Priority position number three would be down at the call center driveway. So though I'm not going to be able to go through all you guys that are listening and uh, and tell you where your priority position should be, I think you need to be looking at where are the places that are most conducive to interactions with the moms going into the abortion center that you can yeah. place people. And so yeah, you're thinking, where can I make the most impact in yeah. order of priority, essentially? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you've identified what our three top ones are. Yeah. And, and this is perfect. This is actually what you're saying is exactly yeah. at the right point in this article. Wow. Okay. But um but even in any ministry team um I think that that certainly applies. Prioritize where you make the most impact and if you've got a small team which is in- inevitably going to happen yeah. at times, you know exactly where to put your people. But be prepared if you have a larger team uh going back to we don't want our team members any of them to feel discouraged or feel I'm just I'm just a 
little toe. I right, don't yeah. need to be, you know, the whole leg is here. I'm just a little toe. No, we, we need to know where we can place that little toe yeah. so that they know that they're a critical part of a team. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm a visual person. I think many people are visual. It helps. Yeah, we can we can explain things with words and all of that. But I think an image can really help people. So in your and, and we talk about this and I think I don't know if we'll talk about this today. We've talked about it in the past how we train people is rather than just using some videos to train them right away. We do what we call shadowing while somebody that that's interested that comes out that they want to volunteer, but they really don't know the lay of the land. We have them shadow before we send them like official love life training. And when they're shadowing is when we kind of give them the lay of the land. And I think having a visual of, I mean, what I've done is do a screenshot of a Google map and you can actually go into Google maps and you can put icons and stuff. You can make your own custom map, but I mean, you can do it many different ways. There's ways to design stuff. You can use something called Canva where you can design stuff and you guys can get creative. Or again, you can do a screenshot of a Google map where the abortion center is and mark it up, you know, digitally and just show people here's, here's priority positions So give people a vision for, if I have a team of three people, here's where person number one, two and three would stand and give people a visual and cast vision for those who would be on your team. And it helps them really. And if you can really focus on here's what the driveway position, here's what this, this person does and cast vision for it. Here's what the person calling out on the sidewalk, here's what they do. And here's why that's so important. And here's why, you know, we have somebody here holding a sign. This is why it's so important. Maybe it's abortion pill reversal sign or whatever it is. But if you can give people a visual, you can kind of show them, you know, the lay of the land, priority positions, here's where we're trying to build a team. It helps you to figure out, okay, what does a team look like for you? How many people do you need to be aiming for to have out there on a Monday morning um, or Tuesday afternoon or whatever that time period is? And it helps you to, again, have something to aim at and then also helps those people who would be volunteers to kind of get a visual for what you're looking for. Um, and I will say, too, this is kind of like, not a rabbit trail, but also something that we've seen with experience. Um, and it's why we kind of model things the way that we do in Charlotte is we've seen as far as volunteers are concerned. Again, a volunteer is, you know, it could be a retired person. It can be a homeschool mom. It could be, it could be anybody. Right. Right. So we mm -hmm. got to consider that people have lives and they got stuff going on really about three to four hours is, is as much as you can ask from a volunteer. And it's, it's about as much as a person can handle just being out there because again, depending on the scenario, the, the spiritual warfare can be pretty intense, especially if you've got pro aborts. So we ask um, from nine to 12 is what we have. That's what we call our morning team. And then from 12 to three would be our afternoon team at Latrobe at the Latrobe abortion center. I, I'm right about that. Right? You hadn't trained Correct, changed yes. that since I've yeah. been gone. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so what have you got? Then then Monday, you really need two teams, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to cover the morning shift and the afternoon shift, you really need two separate teams. And so what does it look like? What does the team look like on Monday morning? Um, probably a core team is really three people, right? That's right. a core team, but a, a real good team would be five people, I think. And then you can build out from there. Afternoon, you really need less people because... You're not doing um, you, you don't have people going on the mobile ultrasound unit and stuff normally in the afternoon because it's not out there. So you've got a counselor sometimes on, on the mornings. 
you'll have a counselor that'll be tied up on the mobile unit ministering to a mom, and that effectively takes a person off the sidewalk. Um, so in the afternoon, it's a little, you know, probably a perfect team size would be three people in the afternoon. But anyway, I'm just trying to help you guys understand. And again, I'm just giving you some generalizations and giving you some of our experience to help you understand kind of how you could organize your team. And that's something that you're going to have to figure out really as far as what a team looks like, how many people are the is the best number for a team. Um, yeah. But it does, again, help you. You aim at nothing and you'll hit it every time, right? right. You want to have yeah. an aim. You want to yeah. have a goal. Here's what it looks like. If I build a team here at this abortion center, here's what it's going to look like from 9 to 12, from 12 to 3. Um, and then you can start, again, as people come to the training pathway, however you train them, um, you, you can plug them into those different positions and those different days and hours that you need them. Yeah, and just to to kind of give you an idea, if if I have, um, we've already talked about if I have three people, where those three people are going to be. If I have four people, I'm going to put one person further up the road just to try and stop cars from coming in. If I have five, I'm going to have people at either end of the road because if it's a loop. If I have more than that, I'm going to start setting people up with signs. Yeah. Um, and and so that just gives you an idea. And you can, if if I have even more than that, I'm going to put people across the street just truly devoted just to. Pray. Prayer. Yeah. Um, so I can have any number of people and and I know I can make them feel because it's true. I can they will be important. They will yeah. be valuable and they'll have a specific role. And I did just want to make a point about specific roles because there is a danger. And I, I differ a little from this body analogy in this. Yeah. There is a danger if someone's the little toe over and over and over again for yeah. five years. Yeah. Um, they, that I think it is very useful and helpful to, especially when people are training and learning to rotate them and make sure that they don't get in a rut, that they have a chance to do all of the roles there. They will kind of naturally tend towards um, certain roles once they've been out there a while. I, there are some people, we call them car magnets. They just, I don't know what it is about them, um, but they stop cars very easily and yeah. they want to be up the road where they're able to stop cars before they even get to the abortion center. Yeah. But I don't want that to be the only position they have ever done. Right. Um, because what if they're only one of two team members, for example, one day, and they've got to cover a position they've never covered yeah. that is a really critical position. So I think early on, especially, and when people are training, it is very important to have them try out a lot of different positions yeah. and get a feel for, for the skills that are involved in each of those uh, different posts. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think as, as leaders, we need to be careful I mean, certainly we've got to consider people's disposition. There are some people that just are not comfortable calling out right away, right? Right. There are some people that maybe are comfortable doing it and maybe don't need to do it, right? They need to just calm down a little bit and take it all in because they'll start calling out right away and calling out things that are just not helpful or maybe whatever. Right. But we have to use wisdom. Um, but also we we've got to consider people's sensitivities and their their level of comfort with certain things but we've got to also be willing to push people out of their comfort zone you know i've had people that say you know I don't, i'm not comfortable calling out and and i know you do this too i'm like well you don't have to call out for you know 10 minutes maybe just 5 seconds just say this mommy your baby is precious and so you're training them and you're helping them get out of their comfort zone um and it's kind of like 
from the feedback I've gotten, once you put somebody out, push somebody out of their comfort zone in a gracious way, it's almost like refreshing for them. Like, oh, I can do this. And they're yeah. encouraged by it. So that, you know, somebody who maybe would primarily function as a as a little toe was actually being pushed out of their comfort zone to function as an eye when needed or whatever. Um, exactly. Kind of to go with that analogy. It, it, but there are certain people that have certain giftings, and I think we're unwise not to utilize that, right? So if somebody has a real a real gifting with one-on-one conversations and handing out literature and people stop for them like crazy, I think we'd be silly to every day put them at the driveway uh, or put them not at the driveway, but put them calling out whenever they're really good at the driveway. But I do think that we need to push them out of their cover zone and, and have them doing some of the calling out too. So again, you just have to use wisdom and uh, it, God will give you direction and wisdom for that. And also, conversations with the people talk to the people who you're trying to lead and and the people that are on the teams you're trying to build ask them where they're comfortable and if they're willing to get uncomfortable and do some things like calling out or handing out literature or whatever it might be at the end of the day you need people that are that are willing and able to do whatever is necessary in the moment and again at the end of the day we're dealing with the murder of children and so right. to push people outside of their comfort zone to speak out for those that can't speak for themselves is certainly appropriate. It is, and sometimes they discover that they they actually thought their skill was just uh, being a car magnet when indeed they have a real gift at calling out to the moms, and you don't discover that unless you've given it a try. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, you know, we've kind of uh, alluded to the fact that for the smooth running of, of a team, we quickly discovered we could not be the ones in charge, the, the whoever is the person that kind of is in charge of all the volunteers and all the teams. So for every single day and every single shift that we have a team out there, as long as there's at least two members, we have appointed team leads. Yeah. And I th- and we've done um, a great deal of training and thinking about what that team lead needs to do. What are the duties of a team lead? Yeah. What are the qualities of a team lead that that we're looking for? Um, and really, what is the vision behind the team lead in the yeah. first place? Yeah. So so maybe we can talk about that. Some of the um, the responsibilities. First of all, yeah. of of the team lead. Yeah, yeah. I'll, if you want me to, I'll kind of knock through that that list and maybe sure. expound on some of those a little bit. Some of this is going to yeah. be pretty self explanatory, right. but some of the responsibilities of a team lead. And again, this is to especially if you're love life and you need to be freed up. You're one of our missionaries. You need to be freed up to engage with local churches and do fundraising and a lot of other things. Um, the sidewalk ministry can really you can really take up a lot of your time and there's a lot of attention that needs to be given to it. So if you need to be freed up, then you've got to be able to identify people that can be team leads. Cause you can't be out there every you know Monday morning, for example, or Tuesday morning, for example, or Tuesday, you know, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, heading up all the teams whenever you need to be doing other things. Right. So really a, a wise leader is going to equip and empower other people to lead and have confidence in the leaders that they've established. So, um, you need to establish these team leads. And here's, again, here's some of the responsibilities. Those team leads need to be able to encourage the team. <laughs> this is a potentially discouraging ministry. So they need to have a personality and a willingness um, that encourages people. And they need to be intentional. And, and, of course, you as a leader need to encourage them to encourage others. 
And so it's good that you're pouring into your team leads and uh, and so that they can pour in and to the others that they're leading. And we're not talking about them leading a team of 20 people. We're really talking about them leading a team of, uh, you know, including themselves, three or four people. Right. Um, but they need to be encouraging to the team. Um, they need to be sure that uh, the full team will be there. So they're in communication with those who are under their charge. And we give responsibility for the team lead for you know each day to really um, keep track of their team and who's supposed to be showing up. And, of course, if there's a, a day in which their team is – because, again, we're dealing with volunteers – that their team's not there and they're going to be the only one there, of course, they're going to reach out to Vicky and when I'm in town, reach out to me, and we'll try to fill in where we can. Um, but we really want to encourage them to, to get their team out there and to um, – get their team out there on time as well. That's that's something that could be a challenge too. It is. I, I know our, uh, many of our team leads will text their entire, they have a group text for their team and they'll text them the night before uh, to make sure everybody is on board that they're going to be there. And then we also use a calendar, a Google calendar, so that not only the team itself for that day sees whether there's a full team, but the entire body of volunteers sees yeah. every single day. And if they've got some spare time, they will fill in gaps sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, normally the way that we do things as far as like if a brand new volunteer comes and they ask, when do you need me to volunteer? Or even if they come out, because I know you've seen this, we've talked about this. We have a brand new person come out and they're like, I want to come out every day. I'm, I'm going to be out here five days a week. We say, no, we actually, we, we don't want you to do that because you'll get burned out. I would rather you commit to one day a week. That's what we normally ask four hours or three hours, actually in Charlotte, three hours, um, which I think is kind of the sweet spot. Three hours, four hours is a lot, um, yeah. but three hours, one day a week, and we want you to do that every, you know, consistently. Every, so if you're going to do Tuesday, every Tuesday, that's our ask normally. Now we'll take what we can get. If somebody says I can only come out twice a month, then every other. But we want to encourage people to make it as regular as possible so that the team leads can plan, right? They know that such and such person comes out every other Tuesday. Such and such other person comes out every other Tuesday. So they can kind of see they'll have an extra person every day of, of the month. Um, but it's just going to be a different person, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I will I will tell you that I'm pretty forthright now with new volunteers when they say I'm just I'm planning to come whenever I can, and I will flat out say, you know, we would never turn someone away, but that honestly doesn't help us yeah. because we don't know then if we have a full team, and we would still have to have extra people covering. So if you're going to be once a month, that's fine, we understand, but make sure it's the first week of every month. There's something that is like you said, yeah. regular, yeah. or it it really doesn't help us. They're, yeah, they're, and, and they're basically untrained if they don't come very often. Once yeah. a month is 12 times a year. That's yeah. hard. Yeah. In in this difficult a ministry, I would not recommend it. Um, you know, I think two times a month is really the minimum someone should really commit to. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you take what you can get. So if people right. come out once a month, you, you take it. But yeah. in reality, like, I mean, I, I can't remember a single time where somebody has told me, yeah, I'll just come out when I can, when they actually become a faithful person. Because right. whenever you can, this is an intense ministry. No one wants to do it. And if you leave it, in reality, you might say you're leaving it up to, Holy, to the Holy Spirit to lead you. 
But in reality, you're leaving it up to your flesh to tell you whether or not you want to be out there. If you say, I'm going to show up when I want to, uh, whenever I'm able to, you're going to give yourself all kinds of reasons to not come out. You know, a volunteer, they're going to do that. They're going to give themselves all kinds of reasons not to come out. And so they may show up whenever they, you know, air quotes, whenever they want to or whenever they're able to, air quotes again. Um, And they may do that for a month, maybe you know, a couple of days of the week and then you'll see them one day the next week and then you might see them, you know, another day that next week and you'll see them kind of taper off and then you won't right. see them again right. because they're, you know, it might be spiritualizing it and say, I'm just going to be led by the Holy Spirit when in reality, let, let's be honest, it's probably going to be your flesh leading this thing and to get up in the morning to go out to a place to try to convince people not to kill their children while you being hated and getting yelled at by the people who are out there to oppose you or by some of the moms going in, your flesh doesn't really like that stuff. So to me, like God is after faithfulness. God wants faithfulness from people. Yeah. Right. And, and faithfulness, faithfulness and him. commitment. Right. Mm-hmm. And faithfulness is not doing something that you're supposed to do when you feel like it. Faithfulness is doing what you're supposed to do, whether you feel like it or not. Like, is God going to find you where you said you would be? When you said you would be there, that's faithfulness, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's what I encourage people that want to volunteer. God wants you to be faithful. And I think that being faithful to a particular day and particular time, like put it on your calendar. Because the devil's going to try to discourage you from coming, right? That's just going to happen. We've talked about that in the past. Um, but if you've got it on your calendar and you make it as a commitment to the Lord, God will honor that. Even if you do get up feeling groggy and you don't want to go, but you decide I'm going to go anyway. Those, those are the days when actually some pretty remarkable things oftentimes happen. The days when you go and you don't feel like going. So anyway, let, let me not go too far on the tangent there, but that's just some encouragement as we think about volunteers and getting people plugged in faithfully. Um, so the third thing for a team lead would be to gather the equipment. Now, again, this is going to vary from city to city and depending on what equipment you guys use. Some people use amplified sound. Some people don't. Some people use you know more signage than others and things like that. Um, but if you've got equipment that you guys use in your ministry, we, we, we set up a camera to record, not to record the patients, but to record really, if anybody threatens us, it's really an accountability thing. So maybe the camera, the microphone, literature that you're going to need for the day. So the team lead is really responsible for making sure all the stuff that you need to conduct ministry is there. Uh, the team lead will place signs. And wherever they need to be, making sure people who are going to be holding signs have signs. Um, and, you know, I, we talked about this in, I think, a previous podcast where we talked about how you can actually designate in the New Believers podcast. Remember, we talked about how you can kind of give responsibilities to new believers. So as a team lead, you can actually give some of these responsibilities to your team. Just make sure you're doing it wisely. You don't give the responsibility for making sure literature gets there to somebody who's not very faithful so that you don't wind up not having literature or something like that. Right. But you can, you know, you can delegate some of these responsibilities as a team lead and you can train your team leads to delegate these responsibilities. Um, The fifth thing you have here, which I think is really important and something that can be neglected is making sure the team begins with prayer. Now, I know we're out there and sometimes we're getting out there when the moms are arriving, right? So if we're getting there at nine at Latrobe, um, sometimes the women are coming in to the abortion center. So we need to pray real quick and just dedicate that time to the Lord real quick. Um, 
pray with your eyes open. We always designate somebody. If we're praying in a circle, we pray near the driveway because that's the priority position number one, right? So we pray near the driveway and we say, hey, who wants to pray with their eyes open to make sure that if somebody comes in, they can give them literature. Um, but we do make sure and begin it with prayer. Like we're out there for Jesus. We want to dedicate the time to him. It helps us just build that sense of unity. And so we want to begin with prayer, but also we want to end with prayer if if we're able to. But, you know, if you've got people trickling in and that does happen, we want everybody to be there at nine. But some people come at nine oh five. Some people come at, you know, eight fifty eight or something like that. And so not everybody shows at the same time, probably around like when when, when things slow down a little bit, maybe like. I don't know, nine twenty-five or something. Maybe it's a little earlier than that. We'll, we'll kind of circle any everybody in together real quick and just pray. Be be flexible right. with that, but it is good to just dedicate the the ministry time to the Lord in prayer. Um, the next thing is, um, and this is really important for us, is that we have our team leads for each day that they're out there write a report of what happened out there, and it's not an extensive report. It's just uh, we have a couple things that we ask them to to. Note, like how many how many people showed up for an abortion? Rough estimate. You know, how many pieces of literature handed out? How many moms chose life? How many moms chose uh, Jesus, surrendered their life to Jesus? Um, even highlights of the day. Yeah. The we have them do like a know. short little write up of any significant events that happened. Mm-hmm. Right, we actually have them shoot a quick little like one minute video mm-hmm. just recapping. And that's actually a way to help all the teams stay connected. Those reports are not just for us to keep track of numbers. They're, they're actually pretty relational. We have a Facebook group, secret Facebook group where all of our team leads and all of our teams, just everybody who's a volunteer with love life on the sidewalk, talk about these things. And they look, you know, the Wednesday team looks for the post that happened on Monday and Tuesday, just to see what God's doing out there. And it's encouraging. It's a way also for, for, the leadership for you as a missionary, the person that's heading up the sidewalk ministry to see what's going on with your team. You know, if you've got a team lead that's out there heading things up on Monday and you're not out there, it's nice to know what's going on um, and, and kind of what they experienced. You can help encourage them and maybe answer some questions, some struggles that they have. So yeah. um, it's also a really good way for the team lead to uh, specifically target and encourage each member of their team. And when they're writing up the report, uh, we try to, f- to pick out one thing each person did that was really noteworthy um, to encourage them. Hey, uh, Chrissy was really so great at calling out to every single mom yeah. uh, without fail, you know, something along those lines so that uh, again, every team member feels noticed and encouraged. And the yeah. team report is really a nice place to put that yeah. to give yeah. public acclamation for, for what these people are doing with our volunteers, which is really pretty remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, and the next thing, which is kind of along the lines of having the necessary equipment, is be sure your team has the necessary supplies like T-shirts and pamphlets. Um, I'll just talk about T-shirts in particular. If um, your love life, we try to get our sidewalk teams to have the Hope is Here, the Coral Hope is Here shirts just to show some uniformity to the team. Um, and so the team lead is responsible for making sure that all their team has a T-shirt um, so that we all, you know, are are looking the same, right? There's kind of this, uh, this look so that when somebody comes, maybe a pastor comes out to see the ministry, we can identify who our people are to say, you know, the people in the coral shirts are our team. Cause there might be other individuals that are out there that are not, not with love life. And maybe they're doing things that are not necessarily helpful and they're not, they're good. They're pro-lifers, but they're not doing, um, things the way that we train people to do. Um, which oftentimes, 
And it's not the case. It's actually the case is more like there's just individuals out there doing what God's called them to do. And it's it's helpful and it's fine. But at least we can identify who our team is and that sort of stuff. And it does. You know, we've had we've had some crazies over the years. Um, I think we've mentioned on on the podcast one crazy guy that was in Charlotte. who's definitely not a love life guy and just said some whacked out and crazy stuff. And I don't have to throw him under the bus every time when somebody new comes out. I can just say, hey. The people in the coral shirts are with us. I don't have to talk about that guy and how bad he is. Just the people in the coral shirts, they're with us. And that's a way to identify anyway. So I'm rabbit trailing. For the moms like as that. well, by the way, not just for pastors coming out to, to view our team, but for the moms going in. Yeah, if there absolutely. are people that we really disagree with what they're saying, we don't have to say anything. We just have to say, all of us in the coral t-shirts are offering you these resources. Why don't you come and talk with us? So it yeah. identifies us for the mothers as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's good. Um, number eight here, you have deal with crisis intervention. So if there's some kind of um, serious situation going on and the police need, need to be called, normally it's the team lead that's going to head that up and even okay. deal with the police. Um, and the team lead's uh, responsible for putting away the equipment and supplies, making sure all that gets packed up. Taking pictures, we want to, like in those Facebook posts that we talk about, again, this is a secret group. This is not going out publicly, but we encourage the team leads to take a picture of their team in action. It's encouraging for people to see that, you know, they're, what they're doing is being noticed by the Lord, but also by their team leads. And um, it's just encouraging seeing pictures of people out there in action, doing what God's called them to do. And so the team lead will take, you know, a few photos, two or three pictures, maybe a, a picture of, you know, the team together like a little selfie or something like that. It's just encouraging to see each other's faces. There are people that volunteer on Thursdays that never see in person the people on Tuesday, but they see them in pictures and it's just a blessing and it helps build that, that unity that's so necessary for the body to work together. Um, number 11, you have be sure all team members understand how to access and use the calendar. So the calendar that we use to organize the volunteers and the team leads are, are, helping their teams to to get on the calendar and get access to the calendar because there can be some challenges there. Um, and then finally, and this is important, the team lead is responsible to keep the chit chat to a minimum. Like we're out there to save babies and proclaim the gospel. We're not out there to chit chat. Now it's going to happen. We're going to talk amongst ourselves. We love each other. We want to encourage each other. Absolutely. But when it gets to the point where it's just chit chat, especially, and this is really gets under my skin, right? And I've, I've, I've done it myself too. So it gets, I get under my own skin sometimes, but when people are out there chit chatting, especially when they start laughing and especially like loud laughing, cause somebody says something funny. I mean, Vicky, you say funny stuff sometimes and <laughs> you might say it out there and I, I want to laugh out loud, but uh, it's not the appropriate place for that. It's not the appropriate place for, for chit chat and all that stuff. Again, it happens, but the team lead is responsible for trying to keep that to a minimum and maintain, help maintain the focus of why we're out there. And so the team lead might graciously, if somebody's been chit chatting and just shooting the breeze and, and giggling for you know five minutes, the team lead might go over and say, Hey guys, we just got to remember, like we're here to, uh, to help these moms and we're here to proclaim the gospel and they're killing babies in there. So team leads responsible for that, keeping the team focused. One of the ways that's really important to help that, to help people not chit chat and, and group up together is to have those positions that we talked about. If you, if you give people a place to stand and then separate them, you know, kind of spread them out, it's going to minimize that. But again, it's going to happen 
We've got to be gracious. We've got to be patient. We, we don't need to be angry and mean about it because people keep chit-chatting, although it might need to be addressed one-on-one with somebody if they just keep doing it and it keeps being a problem. I mean, what, what's, a, what's a tragedy is if, you know, we're chit-chatting, we're, we're shooting the breeze or whatever because there's a lull in the day and things are kind of, you know, not a whole lot of activity. And next thing you know, a mom pulls into the parking lot. We miss her. We don't give her an opportunity to get literature or somebody walks into the door of the abortion center. They don't get addressed because we've been out there chit chatting. Like that's a failure on our part. And we need to be conscious not to, not to let that happen as much as we can. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think that's a good general list and it'll differ of course at every setting, but, um, but the team lead is critical because that's a big list. You can see it's a lot to keep track of. So the, the ideal qualities of the team lead, I think we sort of discussed that in our last podcast, but, um, you know, obviously deeply abiding in God's word, committed and um, lead by example is really important. If you show up early, your team's going to notice yeah. and hopefully they'll show up earlier on time and to be an encourager yeah, um, and probably a seasoned believer and a seasoned counselor as much as possible yeah. so that you know what you're talking about, uh, yeah. both uh, about God and both about what's happening there on the sidewalk yeah. Is, yeah. is really, really useful. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you skipped over one there that I think is really important. I won't labor long on that point. But number four of the ideal qualities, someone oh, okay. that's not afraid to confront. You've yeah, got to be you willing. You have to. Sadly, yeah. you do have to. Yeah. And not all the time. And what we mean yeah. is confront your team and say, hey, right. guys, you're not doing right. But you've got to be willing to graciously confront and just people need guidance and direction and encouragement and be to be spurred on to love and good works. We all need that. But the yeah. team lead needs to be able to to address that. And you even if there's issues that are that are difficult to address, I don't know. I mean, maybe somebody keeps on getting in an argument with the pro boards. The team team lead needs to be able to take them across the street and address them and say, hey, in a Matthew 18 model, like we encourage everyone that you need to stop doing this. And then I think the the flow of things, if that person, if that volunteer doesn't stop, the team leads address them and they don't stop, then the next level would be to take it to, to you, to the missionary or Vicky, in, in your case, take it to you. And then if you address it together with that team lead, if the, then it doesn't change, um, then you'll probably bring it to me and we'll, we'll probably tell that person to hit the road. But that hasn't happened yet. Thank God. So, yeah. Um, yeah so I don't know if you want to you want to wrap up with that um, suggested inspiring ideas for the team. Yeah, I I think that is a good a good thing to just end with is is what are some things that you can do that will help to build that team um, camaraderie and to help them to stay cohesive and encouraged. Um, and some ideas are to do a Bible study with the team members. Maybe it's yeah. going to be by a Zoom meeting or something, but just um, if not a full Bible study, maybe just post a, a video of uh, an encouraging verse that um, that you put out on the team page. I do that a lot because yeah. it's time. Um, it's just easier with, uh, with a busy schedule. Um, and uh, doing those group emails and text 
to team members to encourage them. Yeah. For people that I know that are struggling, or especially if I've confronted and there is an issue that they know is an issue with them and I've already addressed it, when I see them working towards improving in that area, I will send them a text immediately after that stint that they've been out there, um, their time out on the sidewalk, and tell them, hey, I noticed that you really stuck to your post today. I did that just yesterday. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I'm really proud of you that yeah. you did a great job. And that is a really, I think, a good thing to do, especially if you've confronted someone. Um, so pointing out what they've done right daily, um, pointing out how they can be improving. Um, and again, always sandwiching that with what they have done that is really wonderful. And then maybe saying, maybe here's an area that you could work on. Um, if possible, schedule time away from the sidewalk. I know that is not always possible, but um, there are many people out there that are just, all of them, that are just so wonderful. And the chit-chat is because we all love each other so much yeah. and because they are wonderful people. So if you can schedule downtime away from the sidewalk, go out for a coffee before or after, have a team function like a picnic or something, which we always do try to do at least once a year, um, I, th I think that that goes a long way towards encouraging everybody. And then the the final thing is to um, using that private group or whatever you've decided to use that publicly acknowledges some of the, um, you know, things that you've seen that are great about your fellow volunteers so that they do feel encouraged. Even when we post those reports, other team members will often post in the comment section something that they noticed about another team member. So the whole team is rising up to encourage each other. Yeah. So, and and they, it is so important because you do lose people when they through discouragement. It is a it's a rough ministry, and we do need to think team leads especially, but about how we can really um, keep everybody inspired to be the best that they can be before God and to reflect him more um, beautifully every, yeah. every time that they're out there. Yeah. So that's about it that we have for that, for that article. And as always, we will post that article uh, along with this podcast. Um, I think it's, I think it's really important for everybody to really be very intentional in yeah. setting up teams and team leads and, uh, yeah. thinking about how to encourage your teams. Yeah, absolutely. You know, God is a God of order. Yeah. And as much as we can, we want to be a people of order and organizing teams. Of course, some cities are, there's more available volunteers than others. I get the frustrations. Like I'd love to start teams because, um, we need teams, but I just don't have any people more than just me and myself or, <laughs> you know, whatever I get it. Um, but if you don't prepare the soil and put the seeds in the ground, then you shouldn't expect a harvest, right? So before you start getting all these people that want to int be interested and want to come out there and volunteer on the sidewalk, have a framework together for it, right? You'd be ahead of the game. So hopefully this episode encouraged you guys to do that and gave you some some tips and some of our experiences and just um, um, some encouragement in this area of building teams. If you want to uh, reach out to me, if you have any questions about this or want to reach out to Vicki, have any further questions about this or other topics, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to me, Daniel at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicki at lovelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. Please leave us a review. And until next time, God bless. God bless. Give me an hour 
for love Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life But nothing's too precious since I met you 